Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. You're listening to the third in our series, Church Has Left the Building. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, enjoy. Once again, we love you guys. We're so happy you could be here. I want to begin this morning by reading a passage of scripture. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And it says this, and I'm going to just read this and I'll share the title of our message. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says this. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of God may be of God, but not of us. I want to call our message this morning, Broken Vessels. Broken Vessels. When I was in college, I had a group of friends, and, and they're still my friends, and, and more than friends, they're, they're brothers, and we just loved to do things together, to hang out together, just to do life together. And so we had a tradition as friends, one thing that we would do uh, every single year at the end of the school year when the weather would get warm, uh, we would go paintballing as a group of friends. Uh, and you guys can let me know if there's any paintball fans watching this morning. And uh, we love paintball, and we would do it once a year. Uh, but the reality is, for all of our friends, that's kind of who we were as people. We're like the once a year kind of people. Um, that was all of us except for our one friend. Now, I would never expose this one friend. I would never let you know who he is. I'll just give you guys some clues. Uh, he's preached at our church before, and uh, his name's Abraham. But like I said, I just clues. Um, but all of us, we're once a year type people. Abraham, a little bit more intense. Abraham, uh, like when we all rented our equipment, uh, he had his own equipment, and most specifically, he had his own gun. And uh, not just any gun, but one of those semi-automatic guns. You guys know the ones I'm talking about? Like, they can just go, like, like just blast people off. And so we have the rented equipment, and he would have his uh, his more top-of-the-line equipment. And so I'll never forget the very first time we went paintballing, uh, because not only did he have that equipment, but his dad was also in the military. And so when we started to, to when we were about to go paintballing this one time, there was a little bit of hype around Abraham, because he had this gun, he had this background, and uh, to be honest, he talked a little bit of a big game. And so when we started to play paintball, uh, the beauty was that we were on the same team. Abraham was on my team, and uh, on our team as well was my friend Jorge. And many of you guys know Jorge. He's spoken at our church before. And so that's our team. And uh, we think, again, we have this advantage because we kind of have the pro with the equipment. And uh, I'll never forget the very first game that we played. Uh, we went in there, and if you guys know, like when you play paintball, when the game starts, like the adrenaline starts to rush because there's this great chance that you're going to get shot and to get shot hurts. And uh, so when the game starts, like the adrenaline starts going and uh, we push forward and it was funny I remember as, as the game went on Jorge and I were pushing forward we're, we're in the heat of the battle and we just we really don't see Abraham anywhere and, and we push forward we keep going and he's kind of nowhere to be seen and so what happens long story short is we lose the first game and to lose means you've got shot and to get shot hurts and so after the first game uh, my friend uh, Jorge he, he's he's vocal and uh, he says Abraham he says, we didn't see you out there the entire game. He says, where were you? And Abraham says, man, he says, I was in the back. He said, I'm a sniper. My job is to protect you. And Jorge said, sniper? He's like, what do you think this is? This is paintball. What he says, you have the best equipment out of all of us. Your job is to be in there and to use that gun. Because for as great as that gun is, if you don't use it, it's useless. You see, you can have all the potential in the world... You can have all the ability in the world, but if you don't use the ability, it's almost as if you don't even 
have it. We're in the third part of our series called Church Has Left the Building. As you guys can see, hopefully by the views this morning, church has once again left the building. And what we're doing in this series is what we are doing is we are saying God has mobilized us. God has called us in this season to step into our calling to be the church. One thing we've said each and every week, we said church is not a place that I go. Church is not an event that I attend. I am the church, the body of believers. If I call myself a follower of God, I am the church. Church is not a place, it's a people. And so what this series has been, this series has been a rallying cry for us as a people to step into the calling that God has for us, for us to truly be the church. Now, one of the questions we've been asking ourselves is that if God has chosen this method where he uses people, broken people, messed up people to proclaim his name, to proclaim his glory, the question we've been asking is this, why did God choose this method? You see, one of the reasons I believe that God chose this method is because God sees something in us. You see, what the Bible tells us is this. It says each and every one of us are created in the image of God. Now, for a lot of people, they have ideas of what it means to be created in the image of God. But one of the ways that I believe that it means when it says that us as people are created in the image of God, it means that we have a likeness to God. And one of the ways that we are like God is that the Bible says that God is a creator God. God creates. And so I believe one of the ways that it means to be created in the image of God means that we as people have the ability to create. And the lowest hanging fruit is obviously procreation. Right? We as humans have the ability to create other humans, to have kids. The truly great people have two kids at once. Come on, somebody. But I think more than even procreation, to be created in the image of God, to have creative potential, means that each and every one of us have something in us. We have things in us. And we have this innate ability to create to create art, to create beauty, to create things that can make a difference. You see, each and every one of us, I believe, has amazing and in many cases, untapped potential because we are made in the image of the Creator God. And so one of the reasons I believe that God chooses us as people, although we are broken, although we are messed up, God knows and God, and I believe this to be true, each and every one of us has amazing and infinite potential. And I just believe, and the reason we're doing this series is that if we can learn to step into that potential, we will see the church explode. We will see the body of Christ expand. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about how we can step into that potential that I believe each and every one of us has. Now, the way in which the Bible talks about the church and Paul specifically, we looked at Paul last week, one of the early leaders of the church. He uses the metaphor of a body. And so as we begin this morning, I wanna, I wanna park in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 specifically because I believe that Paul gives us a masterclass on what it means to be the church and what it means to step into potential. And so Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, speaking of the church, he says the church is one body. There is one body but it has many parts, this is verse 12. But all of its parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. And so the essence of church is this, Jesus is the head, every single one of us, we make up the body of the church. And I just believe this to be true, when the body of, the, when the body of Christ, when the church comes together, when we step into our potential, when we step into the calling that God has for our lives, we can do amazing things. 
But here's the thing with potential. Although each and every one of us have amazing potential, potential does not mean a thing if we don't use what's inside of us. And so what I want to do is I want to unlock what's inside of us because I believe so many of us have buried things within us that we need to bring out in this season to build the body of Christ. You see, the reality is this. What the Bible tells us is that we have an enemy. And now I don't take a whole lot of time talking about the devil because the reality is the Bible doesn't take a whole lot of time talking about the devil. But what the Bible does say is that he seeks to kill and to destroy. And the reality of why the enemy is afraid of us as people is because he knows that we have potential. He knows that when we band together, when we are united, he can, we can do amazing things. And so his job is to knock us off tilt, to, to, to get us off mission. But, but here's the reality, and one of the reasons I don't talk about the devil is because one thing I've realized long ago is that the greater enemy in our lives is not necessarily that, but it's, it's me. I'm my biggest enemy. Because what the Bible tells me is that if I have unlimited, untapped potential that God has put in me, that God has given me, the only person that can stop me from reaching that is me. The devil can push us off tilt, but only I can stop me because God has put something in me. And so oftentimes I've realized it's my mindsets, it's my bad habits, it's my attitudes that keep me from experiencing what God wants to do in our lives and with the church. And so I want us to just believe this, if God has put it in us, no one and nothing can take it away except for me. Because whoever you are, wherever you're watching this, if you have breath in your lungs, you have power and you have great potential but potential is only as great as what we do with it. And here's the reality. This is what I want us to, to declare in this message, to declare in this season of church has left the building. I have great power and I have great purpose, but my power and purpose is not just for me. It's to build the body of Christ. It's to build the church. I have power and purpose for the kingdom of God. You see, for a lot of us, we know that we have stuff in us. But some of us are like, you know what, like I think my calling's just for me, my calling's just for my business, my calling's for me personally. Here's the reality, the Bible says we are each called according to the purposes of God. So you have stuff in you that is specifically for the church. And so this morning, man, I wanna step into that. Because like I said, I believe that the church will expand, the church will grow, and people's lives will be changed when we step into our potential. And so Paul, continuing with the metaphor of the body, he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 15, he says, now, if the foot should say, because I'm the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Now, Paul is using this, this metaphor of the church being made up of many different parts. And what he's doing right now is he's combating one of the first things that a lot of us, that we do, an excuse that we have for not stepping into our potential. The essence is for so many of us, we have an excuse for the reason that we don't do the things that we do, specifically when it comes to being the church. And for a lot of us, the reason that we don't step into what we have is because we're looking at other places. And we say to ourselves, well, you know what? If I just looked like them, then I would, I would serve more. Well, if, if I just had that time, if I just had that talent, I'm a hand, but if I was an ear, like then I would really step into my potential. And so what Paul is saying, Paul is saying, he's essentially saying this, he's saying, what is your excuse? You see, each and every one of us, we have an excuse. 
And what happens is this, when it comes to being the church, when we are so busy looking at other people, other gifts, other talents, well, if I just had more money, if I just had more time, when we are looking at these other parts, other people will miss what's in here. That's what he's saying. But I love what he says. He says, even though, because even though you have these excuses, even though you're so busy looking at other people, you've forgotten your potential. I love what he says in verse, uh, the end of verse 16. He says, even if you do all of these things, even if you have excuses for not stepping into your potential, he says, for that reason, you still would not stop being part of the body. Did you get that? He says, you can make excuse after excuse after excuse. You don't have to even be functioning, but you are still a part of the body. Can, can I be honest? And this might sound harsh, but I know this to be true. There are many of us for the last 12 weeks, the last three months, we have excuse after excuse for why we haven't been doing things. But I want to ask us this point blankly. In the last three months, how have you made a difference? How have you grown the kingdom of God? How has your life led people to Jesus? And for a lot of us, this question might make us shrink up. What have I been doing with my time? What have I been doing with my talents? And I believe this to be true. There are many of us that it's like, man, I haven't really done anything. And the point of this is not to make you feel guilty. It's to show you something and to encourage you with the word of God. It says, even if you haven't been stepping into your potential, you are still part of the body. Now, 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 that doesn't mean that we can atrophy because the Bible does talk about a time and a season for pruning. But there's also a grace period where maybe we haven't stepped into our potential, but guess what? God still has a plan and has a purpose for your life. God, despite everything, says you are still a part of the body, meaning we have a job that we need to step into. And I love what he says. He continues. He says this. He says, we have our excuses, but even so, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I love this part because essentially what he's saying is that so many of us, we look around at people's differences and what other people have. And we say, man, our differences, their difference is a deficit to me because I don't have what they have, because I don't have that charisma. I don't have that time. I don't have that. But what Paul is saying, he says, no, 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 no. He says every single part of the body, and if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you are a part of the body. He says, you have a specific function and a specific purpose. Listen, a lot of us, when I said, man, there's a grace period, you're still part of the body, it's like, nice, I can just chill out. That's not what he's saying. The point of what he's actually saying is because you have a part of the, because you are part of the body, even if you're not functioning, that means that you still have a purpose no matter what. So I want you to catch this. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and we are not stepping into our calling to be the body, the church is actually missing something. The church is missing you. If I'm not stepping into my purpose, the church is missing me. Because I, I love what he says. He says, God has placed every part in the body, he says, just as he wanted them to be. You know what that means? Listen to this. The way in which you were designed, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
That's what the psalmist tells us. Everything that God has put in you is intentional. Your personality is intentional. Your quirks are intentional. Your talents are intentional. God has made you how he wants you to be. And so when we're so busy looking at other people, we miss out on what God has put in us. And God has made you and put in you exactly what he wants to be in you. When we don't function, the body is literally missing a piece. It's like, where are my Ikea people at? Anyone, anyone love Ikea out there? Uh, my young family is, uh, is funny. Like uh, for us, like when we built, we, we moved into our house originally, had a ton of Ikea stuff. And once you like get into the Ikea world, like you guys know this, like when you go to other people's houses, like you notice their Ikea stuff, right? It's like Ikea, Ikea, and just, it's an instant bond. Um, but one thing, if you guys know about Ikea and building, and uh, I hate building the things from Ikea, but one thing that you will know is that uh, when you build something, there's the instructions and then there's the parts. And the IKEA, these Swedish parts are like parts you've never seen before. But one thing I do every single time when I build these stupid things is that I will lay out every single piece very intentionally. And I always wanna make sure I have every single piece. Why? Because I know that whatever I'm building, if I don't have every single piece, it's not gonna function properly. And it's funny, if you've ever built something from Ikea specifically, you will know that it doesn't matter how small or weird it is, those weird little small brown spindle thingies, those, those silver screws that I've never seen before. Come on, how many guys know these pieces from hell I'm talking about? It doesn't matter what the piece is, you know that it has a function and a purpose. But here's the reality. You can probably build the thing missing a few pieces. And some of us have been there before. You have that drawer in your house that you didn't build quite properly so it doesn't close perfectly. The reality is this. The reason all the pieces are there is because they all have a function. And so what Paul is saying concerning the church, because some of us, we look at the church and we say, you know what? Like I, I look at what's happening and it's just, it seems like things are moving smoothly. It, th it's, it seems like life is, is going fine. I don't really know if, it need, if, it, if they need me. The reality is this, the church can and will function without you. But what the Bible tells us is that it, although it's functioning, it's actually missing a piece. That, that's the instructions. You wanna know the instruction manual for the church? It's you. It is for you to step into your purpose to be the church. And when we don't step in, the church is actually missing something. Will it function? Yes. But what we've said in our church, we said in our region, in St. Albert, Edmonton, all these surrounding areas, we said there are at least 600,000 people that do not know who Jesus is. 600,000 600, people that do not know the hope of Jesus. And so if we're gonna start reaching those people, guess what? We need each and every one of us to step into our purpose and to step into our calling to be the church. Our vision for this year is for the one. One of the reasons we did that, made that vision for the one very specific is because we wanted each and every person to have one story. Each and every person to step into their calling, to step into their purpose and reach one person. Because God has designed you specifically. The peace that you are is for one person. Your personality is for one person. Your giftedness is for one person. God has made us intentionally to reach someone. See, for you to reach someone, for me to reach someone that you can't and that I can't. And so Paul continues. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. 
and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Now, I love this part, because the essence of what he is saying, and we can go back to Ikea, it doesn't matter what the part is. It doesn't matter how small you think you are. It doesn't matter how, it, it, how dispensable you believe you are. You have a part and you have a purpose. That There are no distinctions in the kingdom of God. Every single person is important. Every single person has power and potential. I, I think one of the ways that churches lose steam many times is that churches become a place where they're so uh, just fitted to, to certain personalities, fitted to certain giftedness. Our, our hope and our dream at Kingdom Church is that people can step into their calling in the way that God has designed them to be. And so if you are extremely creative, the kingdom of God needs you. If you are extremely introverted, the kingdom of God needs you. You are created intentionally for a purpose. And it's all parts coming together. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The extrovert does not say to the introvert, I don't need you. The, the preacher does not say to, to the singer, I don't. We all work together to make a difference. And so here's the reality. How do we do that? How do I step into the potential? Harrison, I, I see it. I get it. We have purpose. We have potential. What do I do? How do I step into it? Super simple, and it's this. We just have to be open. We have to be open. Listen, in this season, I know so many of us physically closed our doors, but I also know a lot of us emotionally and spiritually closed our doors. And this became a season of us. But right now, I believe God is calling us to open back up, open our doors back up, open our hearts back up, and simply just say, God, I'm available. I'm available. What, whatever you have me to do, whatever you are calling me to do in this season, God, I am available. Now, some of us are saying, well, Harrison, that's fine. Like, yeah, I'm available. Yeah, yeah, call me, call me, call me. But there's no church service, so what can I really do to serve? Listen, understand this. Serving at our physical church service is amazing. It's a privilege. I believe it does lead to lives being changed. But that's also only a very, very, very minuscule part of what it means to be the church and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Because church is a one hour a week and there's 167 hours during the week other than when we are in our church service. And so what that means to step into your calling, to step into your design, it was never about only doing it in a building. It was being the church wherever you are, whenever it is. At work, I'm the church. At school, I'm the church. At home, I'm the church. My design is intentional, and so it works no matter where I am. You know, it's funny. I've seen these things before. Maybe you guys saw this. It's like, you know what? The downfall of our society, the reason our society is the way it is, is because we no longer pray in schools. As soon as the schools lost prayer, that's when our nation went down the drains. I don't know if you guys have heard that rhetoric before. But, but I'm going to be honest. Because if the Bible tells us that we are the church, if we are the temple of God, you know what that means? The church cannot be taken out of schools. The church cannot be taken out of work if you are there. You see, here's the reality. The church does not need to be institutionalized. The church needs to be mobilized. Come on, somebody. What that means is we need to step into our calling. 
Because when we step into our calling, when we live out being the church, guess what? It doesn't matter what the policy at school is. It doesn't matter what the policy of the government is. The policy at work is the church cannot be muted. The church will not be muted because church has left the building. And so where I go, God follows. My, 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 my workplace is a spiritual place because I'm there. My school is a spiritual place because I'm there. My home is church because I'm there. And so what that means, though, is every single day we need to realize it's an opportunity. Am I open? Am I available? You see, in life, we have two ways of looking at things. We look at obstacles, or we look at opportunities. Is today an obstacle or is today an opportunity? And when we look at life with an opportunity mindset, that means everywhere I go is a chance for me to be the church. And so what we need to say, listen, every single day, it's God, I'm available. We, we wake up every single day. We say, God, my heart's an open space. Come and dwell in me, God. Use, in, use me. Give me divine appointments. Help me to, to, to move past my comfort. What, what I want to do, God, and may your will be done. You see, one thing in our church that we've been teaching for a while is that we believe not in guilt-based ministry, but in gift-based ministry. Now, what that means is this, a lot of times when it comes to being the church, we try to do it when it comes, like, in terms of guilt. Where it's like, well, you really should do this. Don't you know how much help we need? But we need you, and, and so that's guilt. And so what we've always said is that guilt is great. <laughs> it's not great, I should say. Um, but instead of guilt, we want to move into giftedness. We want people serving in their giftedness. Now, I believe this to be true 100% that God does want us to serve in our giftedness. But one thing that the Lord has been revealing to me lately is that even better than guilt is giftedness, but even better than giftedness is willingness. It's a willingness to say, God, whatever and whenever you need me, I'm available. Now, you guys can't see this, but right here, right now, uh, it's actually very uh, early in the morning. Uh, the longer this sermon goes on, I guess the later it is. But we got here around 6 a.m. And now all you can see right now is me on the camera, but behind the camera is Kyle. And Kyle's usually behind the camera. Now one thing that's been cool about this season and the way everything has shifted online is the way that God has designed him and his giftedness has been put to the forefront a lot. But the thing that I've seen in this season is although God has designed him, although God has gifted him in a specific way, and it's amazing, and we love the videos, we love the photos, at the very end of the day, at 6 a.m., what brought him here was not his giftedness. What brought him here was his willingness. It was his willingness to say, hey, I'm available, and I'm open, and I want to sleep right now, but I'm going to build the kingdom of God before I build my kingdom. And so this is what I'm trying to say, and I'm just signaling them out because it's just me and him here. We've had many people on our team in this season. You guys know who you are. It's the same thing. They said, hey, I'm available. I'm open. But the main reason I'm telling that story is this. Although I believe that he is gifted and God has gifted him, much more important than his giftedness is his willingness. Listen, all of us, we have potential. But potential is only as good as what we do with it. And so that involves a willingness, a willingness to be open, to say, God, I'm available. And so we need to ask ourselves this in this season, am I available? Am I available to put the needs of others above my own? 
Am I available to be, because a lot of us are like, you know what, Harrison, how can I show God I'm not in school anymore? I'm not even in work anymore, I work from home. Being available means wherever I am, whenever I am. It means at Starbucks, I'm available. It means when I'm pumping gas, if it's five minutes, if an opportunity presents itself, I'm available. If I get bad service somewhere, I'm still available. I'm still open to make a difference. Be open. Be open to be in the church because to be the church means in season and out. Whether it's convenient for me or not, I'm willing, God, use me. And so Paul continues and he says, But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, I love that part because look what he's saying. He's saying, when others win, we win. When others in the body win, we win together. That, that, that's the beauty of it. And so when you step into calling, it's not just for you. It's for everyone else. And we all win. And when we put stuff up, we all win. When we use our talents, we all win. But here's the part I want us to see really quickly because I think it's very pertinent for this season. He says right now, he says, there should be no division in the body, but its parts should all have equal concern for each other. You see, part of being open, part of being available, part of being the church, it's more than just giftedness. It's more than just using what God has given us. It's about unity. It's about being there for other people. And I love what he says, all parts should have equal concerns for each other. Now, most of us right now, I hope you know what's happening in our world with, with the racial inequality, the, the injustice, all of the things that are happening right now. Listen, part of being the church right now is saying, because we are all one, because we are part of the body together, if my brother and sister hurts, if my black brother and sister hurts, I hurt. If there's injustice within the body, it's injustice for the whole body because we are one. And listen, part of being available and open, because some of us are like, man, like, this is just this week. Like, what about the issues last week? How come no one cared about last week? Listen to this. We don't care about everyone else. We care about ourselves because that's all we can control. And this week, unity means being there for those who are different colored skin than us. And that's, that's really every week, all times. But whatever the issue is, whether it's racism, whether it's poverty, whether it's injustice, whatever it is, part of being the body of Christ is being in this together. It's being unified together and making a difference. Because when justice happens, we all win. When we win, we win together. That's what it means to be part of the body, for church to leave the building. And so that's just one thing, man, in this season, you're like, what can I do to make a difference? Let's be for people. Let's be unified. Let's be a voice that speaks truth and love and grace. And then we will begin to see church leave the building. You were created for a purpose, and that's to make a difference. Now, for a lot of us, you're like, man, Harrison, this all sounds great. God has a plan. God has a purpose for my life. But I just, I, I just, I don't see it. Like, I know what you're saying, but I don't see it because I'm messed up. Because I, I've just fallen too many times. I've failed too many times. Harrison, I get what you're saying, but I just don't think I'm enough. 
This is why I wanted to start with the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to end with it. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says this, speaking about what's inside of us, the light of God inside of us, the potential inside of us. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are filled with power and potential. That's what he's saying. But us as people, we're just vessels. Other translations say we are broken, fragile clay jars. Now a vessel, a jar has the ability to be filled up. It has great potential. But, but Paul is very specific when he uses that term, cracked, broken. We're just broken vessels. And for some of us, it's like, man, my brokenness is why I can't serve. But you want to know what Paul is saying? You want to know the beauty of Jesus? The beauty of Jesus is, is, is actually because of our brokenness that we serve. It's actually because we are good enough that we serve. It's actually because we don't have all of our stuff all together that we will make the greatest difference. Because what he is saying, he's saying, when us as broken vessels, when we step into our calling, he says the power of God is in display. And people will actually see, man, everything that you are doing, you could not do that on your own. And so God gets glory. When I speak, one thing I try to say is like, man, if you enjoy this, if you like this, the glory does not go to me, the glory goes to God. And the reason it goes to God is because everything I have is from God. But it's also because if the glory went to me, when it happens, and it inevitably will, where I mess up, where I fall, where I fall short, if the glory was all on me, then I would fall miserably. But the reality is if I realize I'm just a broken vessel, God is the one who is good. God is the one who has it all together. That means when I serve in my brokenness, it actually brings glory to God. And so you need to understand this. Your deficiency is actually your power because your deficiency actually brings glory to God that he could use someone like you to make a difference. So you're saying, I don't know if I see it in me. I say, fantastic. It was never about you. Because understand this, the I'm not good enough mindset, the I'm not good enough culture, although it may seem to be a way where it's like, man, like you're really, you know, uh, humble or whatever you want to say about it, the I'm not good enough mindset, it's actually a mindset that believes everything is on you because you're the only one that's putting something in. But the I'm good enough mindset comes from the fact that I'm actually not good enough, but God's good enough. And so in this season, no matter what you think, no matter what you believe, God wants to use you in this season for a purpose. And so I want to just speak this into you. You have a plan. You have a purpose. We just need to be open. And get this, understand this. God has seen your whole story. God has seen the beginning from the end. And guess what? He still chose you. He still wants to use you. Can you, can you get that? God has seen every failure. God has seen every flaw and he still uses you and he still chooses you. Right now, I want to give everyone the opportunity to respond to God. For some of us, it's like, man, God, I want to respond. I want to be the church. I want to step into my calling. Now for others, we've never had the chance to accept Jesus. And if that's you right now, you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, I want to give you that opportunity. 
is super simple. All you have to do at home is just repeat this prayer after me. This is very personal. But if you want to give your life to God, let's just pray this together. Just say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins and I give you my sins. God, make me a new creation. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this space, for this place, for this season. I pray that right now we can step into our calling to be the church. We love you, God. We pray in your name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope you were encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.